Welcome to the Yoga Teacher Business Foundation course, designed to help teachers finally nail their niche, grow their confidence and their business savvy, and generate a consistent income of £2,000 sterling or more a month teaching part-time. If you found filling your classes and growing your community frustrating, you're in the right place. These podcasts are deliberately designed as bite-sized nuggets of information to help you move from struggle and frustration to a career which is not only emotionally rewarding, but financially too. In the last episode of this podcast, I talked about why really nailing a niche is probably one of the best things that you can do to fill your classes and build a sustainable, regular income from your teaching. The trouble is, whilst you might know that it would be helpful for you to niche, the problem arrives when you ask yourself the question, what niche do I pick? Because if there's one thing that I see yoga teachers struggle with the most in the beginning, it's this. It does take a little time and reflection to make a decision. And that can be made all the harder by sitting on the fence for ages, thinking, do I choose niche A, B, or even C? Or we make a bit of an attempt at a niche, but it doesn't work out as well as we hoped, and then our confidence takes a bashing. And we believe, sometimes mistakenly, that that niche doesn't work. There's also a rather large myth around niching that I think needs to be exposed And it's this. How many times have you heard the expression, do what you love and the money will follow? If that were actually true, there would be far more financially successful people, right? Let's face it. There are more artists, musicians, spiritualists or businesses that have set up because the person was following their passion that have actually gone on to fail or are struggling to stay afloat. Because the do what you love and the money will follow, is not the full picture. Not all niches are equal, I'm afraid, and it's useful to understand that right from the get-go, so that you're not disappointed when you follow your heart and the results are a bit of a damp squib. Don't take it personally. Don't think you failed. It's just that you haven't understood that the whole process is a little more nuanced. Isn't that life There is a bit more to just following your passion, which can truly make a radical difference to the success or otherwise of your yoga business. And yet one of the things that I see so many yoga teachers get sucked into these days is the talk from the marketing gurus who are encouraging yoga teachers to go online and earn six-figure months. They offer courses that often require significant investment, which explain the need for niching in the first couple of weeks, but then move on to the other dozens of things that you're going to need to do to set up an online business. The importance of building a list, writing regular content, podcasting, blah, blah, until the yoga teacher on this course is so overwhelmed and trying to keep up and do the next steps when they're still really struggling and haven't really nailed the niche part in the first place. So if you do accept that niching is perhaps something you need to work on, but you're just not sure how, let me offer you what I call my five-point checklist, which can help ensure that you pick a niche that not only does play to your strengths, but will also be financially sustainable for you too. 
Some teachers can nail this process really quickly. For others, it may take a few weeks and then maybe some tweaking too, but it is this exact process that I take teachers through in my mentor programme. No struggling artists here. My goal is to help teachers start to see increased enquiries, student numbers and more regular income as quickly as they can. From there, it's just about building on that solid foundation. So here are the five things that you need to do as part of the process of nailing your niche and making sure that people will want whatever you're offering, whatever you're going to spend your precious time and energy creating. Let's not waste that energy and time. Criteria number one, the niche you are thinking of must address a specific and acknowledged market need. The words specific and acknowledged are absolutely critical here. The specific needs of a 68-year-old who is suffering from sciatica, for example, are going to be very different to that of a 23-year-old who hopes yoga will give her a fit body, or the frazzled 40-something who's noticing some niggling signs of ageing and wants to do something to nip that in the bud. If you were sitting down with any one of those individuals, the conversation over coffee would likely be very different. Their motivations or perception of yoga and what it might do to help them with what they perceive as their challenges would also be very different. And what you offer to support those individuals would also be different. The reality is we cannot properly serve all three with the same offer. And aren't we here to serve? The other key word here is acknowledged market need. Often we mistakenly believe that we need to create something truly unique that no one else is offering, but nothing could be further from the truth. If there's nothing already out there in the market doing what you're thinking of doing, the first question to ask yourself is, why not? Because chances are you're not the only one to have the thought of that angle. But if there are no Amazon books out there on the topic, if there are no signs of lots of interest in that topic when you type the subject in on a Google search, the chances are it's already been tried and not worked. If other people are out there promoting what you're thinking of doing, take that as a good sign that your potential niche is actually financially viable. You just have to find your own voice in that same space. I know that's another challenging piece and that's something that I help yoga teachers on my mentoring program with. But for now, isn't it better to spend time finding your voice in a niche that you know is financially viable before wasting time on one that's not? So could you check this as being done? Is what you're thinking of niching to a specific enough and acknowledged market need? Criteria number two, targeting a specific kind of person, what I call self-identification. You know, this second criteria is all about narrowing this down even further to a very specific type of person within that niche. And perhaps the best way I can think of to illustrate this is with my niche. Everything I do is around my brand, Yoga Over 45. My key message all about staying fitter, stronger, for longer. 
but there is still a wide variety of students who fit over 45. There are some 45-year-olds with the biological age and attitude of someone 10 or more years younger, and there are some who would appear a decade or more older than their years. My focus? Prevention. Better mental and physical self-awareness and strength. I don't teach, nor do I want to teach, chair yoga. I want to help my students grow old, but not infirm. And everything I do is from that standpoint and that philosophy. And I am speaking to those prospective students out there who feel the same way that I do. Do I know this is an acknowledged market need? Absolutely. The literature, the social media posts, the apps, of thought leaders springing up all over the place about slowing down the ageing process is massive and only growing. Which leads to criteria number three. Identify one specific person and be clear about the problems that they would like solving. So, again, perhaps helpful here to use my niche as an example. What are the main problems that seem to bother my ideal student the most? Well, they often describe it as feeling their age, which translates into things such as niggling aches and pains, fairly active but they're finding jogging or high-intensity sports and activities are becoming more difficult, causing more injury knee or back problems that curtail their activities, onset of health conditions which have become a concern, such as diabetes, arthritis and joint issues, cardiovascular concerns, or coping with empty nest syndrome, ailing parents, marriages in disarray. They're not chair yoga people. They want to avoid that at all costs. Understanding these problems and providing clear offers that help to resolve these issues is where this third criteria really comes into play. Does what you're offering clearly provide a solution to a specific problem that your target market have? And here we come to criteria number four. Are those people that you've identified open, willing and able to pay to have this problem solved. Because if they're not, how are you going to make a living from this? It's wonderful if you're wanting to help those on social benefits, but realistically, will this actually pay your bills? Or might you have to look at organisations who will offer subsidies to that target market so that you still get paid a decent living wage for what you offer? Seriously? Unless what you're choosing here is a payback activity and you make your income from another source, this altruistic perspective can only last so long before you are burnt out and probably resentful too at all the energy that you're expending for little return. This is charity work. Nothing wrong with that. Just know that that's what you're choosing to do. That is not a sustainable business model. And finally, criterion number five. Can you easily reach your target audience? Because if you can honestly tick off those first four criteria, you're halfway there. If you can't, please don't try to promote anything else until you do have that clear in your head. But if you have, the next piece to consider is, is that target market easily reachable? Where are they likely to hang out? 
Are they on social media? And if so, which platforms are you most likely to find them on? What interest groups, clubs or societies might they be members of? And can you get your message to these groups? Who else might work with these people? Might you be able to do a joint venture with them? Having some fairly clear, easy ways to be able to consistently reach new people in that target market will be a cornerstone for you in terms of growth and constantly keeping new inquiries and students coming to you. So there you have it. Five things that you must have in place. Let's just look at them one more time. Number one, address a specific acknowledged market need. Are you doing that? Criteria two, target this at a specific kind of person. Get really clear what their problems and challenges are. Criteria three, identify one specific person who needs that problem solved and be clear about what you can offer them. Criteria four, make sure that that person is open, willing, and able to pay to have this problem solved. And criteria five, can you easily reach and identify the places where your target audience hang out? I began this podcast explaining why I believe the phrase, do what you love and the money will follow, is not always the reality. However, if you've ticked off the last five criteria I've shared, here's where the do what you love and the money will follow is far more likely to succeed. Now you're in a strong position. You totally understand the wants and needs of your chosen market. You know they're willing and able to pay for what you offer and you have sufficient knowledge and skill to be able to offer something that's going to help them. It's something that you're good at that you know about, and that you'd feel great being able to do that on a regular basis. Boom. Bullseye. What do you do from here? You design an offer specifically for those people. You promote the benefits that they will gain from taking you up on your offer. And then you test it small first. Minimum effort, minimum cost. We call this in marketing speak validating your idea and more about that in another podcast. Then, and only then, are you ready to scale up. So, I hope I've convinced you of the real power of niching, but the truth is, finding the niche and your voice within that niche is probably one of the trickiest steps to building your yoga business. There is a process it's helpful to understand, and it's helpful to understand Not all niches are equal. So if this is something that you'd like help to really nail once and for all, perhaps I can help you. As part of my 12-week mentoring program, I help aspiring yoga teachers build a profitable part-time business generating between two to four thousand pounds sterling every month, focusing on a specific niche. Building a business which does follow your passions and specific skill sets, but at the same time is profitable for you. If you'd like to know more about how this 12-week mentoring and coaching program might help you, contact me direct at shona at fastmail.com. I might just be able to help. Namaste. 
Thank you for listening. I hope you find these tips helpful. With over a decade of experience and into my 70s now, I'd like to think that I can help other yoga teachers find a rewarding career teaching yoga. I run a foundation training course in business skills for yoga teachers designed specifically to give them a solid base and business savvy upon which they can build and scale up if they choose. If you're interested in learning more, drop me a line at shona at fastmail.com. Meanwhile, do subscribe to the podcast. Let me know if you have any feedback or topics you'd like to listen to and go out there and bring your yoga to the students that you were meant to serve. Namaste. Namaste.